0: What's up, my shit fits? This is your host, Rafa Matuszewski, and I am super excited to bring on Savan on my show because this is a very, very special episode. Number one, I haven't had a guest on my show for a long-ass time. And number two, Sivan is going to get into what's going on in Israel um, the last couple weeks. And any time where... I have an opportunity to give a medium to somebody passionate about their culture, their movement, their life. I'm more than happy to give them a voice. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode because number one, Savan is just purely amazing and She needs her message to be broadcasted to as many people as possible because at the end of the day, we just need to get more education on the topic and I'm excited to share this with you guys and I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Savon. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafał Matuszewski, and I have the wonderful, for the first time ever on my show, Savon, say hello to my show. Hello,
1: boys and girls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so to get started, I always like to do intros for my guests. And since this is the first time you're on my show, if you can kind of give a little backstory of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into the fitness industry in the first place?
1: Sure. Uh, so my name is Ivan Fagan. I was born and raised in Israel. I moved to the States about 12 to 13 years ago. And I went to school here, um, I studied exercise science, and I currently, I suffered from an eating disorder when I was younger. So that's kind of like what drove my passion into fitness. Um, and I currently operate my company, Strong with Sivan, online and in person. Uh, mostly in person now, just because of the COVID situation. I also contribute to um, bodybuilding.com, Teen Nation, uh, I also work for uh, Self Magazine. Um, pretty much, that's it.
0: Awesome. That's so I'm gonna try I mean. to, I'm gonna try to unravel all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I said a lot. Of questions. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: So let's kind of go back in time when you were like, I don't know, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Was yeah. that kind of when the eating disorder happened, or like what? At what point did you kind of notice that that was a thing?
1: Yeah, so no, that was actually when I was uh, 17, 18. Um, I just remember like gaining a lot of weight during my high school. Um, you know, we had like, um, what do you call it, all the finals, you know, in 12th grade, 12 or 11th or 12th grade. And I gained maybe like nothing too crazy. I gained maybe like 10 pounds, 10, 12 pounds. And I just remember like my ex-boyfriend at a time said my boyfriend at a time said, Oh, you gained some weight <laughs> and to me, that was like the the biggest insult ever and uh and you know obviously like back in the day there was no like like in Israel at least there was no like you know any kind of awareness about you know strength training or like you know the the model. You know the models were very skinny. There was all promotion of you know very skinny uh, figures. Um, so yeah. So I I I didn't even realize that I had an eating disorder until I realized that I was I was probably eating about 500 calories per day. Um, I constantly thought I was fat. I my hair was falling out like crazy. I was very yellow looking, maybe because of all the vegetables that I ate. And, you know, I was lethargic. Obviously I lost my menstrual cycle and that lasted for about, I would say a little bit less than a year. And then when I, I remember just like reading an article online and, um, I remember like thinking to myself, like, I would rather be like uh, uh, um, I would rather. What? How did? How did I? I thought that I would have to um, gain a lot of weight in order for me to. How did I say? I forgot the sentence that I said. I would rather be skinny than. Oh, I, I don't. I forgot. Whatever. My my mind was very like an all or nothing type of type of mm-hmm. mindset. So I really wanted to be skinny and I didn't care about anything else, but then I was introduced to strength training solely by my dad and my grandfather actually used to be a bodybuilder when he was younger and he was always kind of like, you know, um, you know, eating healthy and strength training and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I slowly got into it and then I really loved the way it made me feel. Like, that's what I, mean. I remember. like, again, I was very young, I was 18, but I remember just really loving the whole empowering, you know, and, and building my body. And, and even though like I didn't initially love the weight gain, I just felt good. I had energy and I, I was just at a point that I didn't really care about what other people think. And then I got really hardcore into the bodybuilding and I was really passionate about it for years.
0: nothing competitive
1: but i was very passionate about
0: it so i'm kind of curious like the culturally because like my wife is filipino and it's very common at like family gatherings where if you haven't seen an aunt or an uncle in a very long time and they haven't seen you the first thing they'll say is like wow you gained a lot of weight and that's just like part of their culture because if you're not skinny you're not like good enough to their standards so i'm kind of curious and like israel like is there anything like that when it comes to standards so it, for women?
1: <laughs> yeah, so Israelis are very blunt. Uh, yeah. They will tell you if they think that you're gaining weight, they'll tell you, "Hey, you're gaining weight." Yeah. But no, in Israel, I mean, there was never like I mean, I don't like our culture. I think it, and honestly, I don't really remember that much. I know that now there's a promotion of all you know more curvier bodies and more mm-hmm. you know fit bodies and all that, but. Again, back in the day, I feel like your role models were, um, you know, runway models. And they were all extremely, extremely, extremely skinny. And I, was, I always had like a very fit figure. I was never like the skinny girl. I, I always looked like athletic, even though like I didn't work out. So for me to lose a ton of weight and I weighed... So right now, for instance, I weigh 150 pounds. I don't know how much is in kilo. Divide by 2.2 but back then I weighed 50 kilos. So time 2.2, so I weighed 110. For me, for my body type, it was extremely skinny, like, because my hair was falling out, everything, you know, I, I showed all the characteristics of, uh, of an, you know, anorexic, um, individual. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, but again, I, I just remember like my, you know, as a teenager, my role models, you know, were, skinny women there was no discussion about fitness or strengthening nothing i remember when i started uh, strengthening at the gym i was the only woman the only girl only woman at the gym lifting weights with the men literally it was no women. so we're talking about 2005 right yeah Yeah, 2005 in israel
0: Cause I was going to, that was going to be kind of my next question. It was like, how popular was weight training among the, the female population? It was, really, population? Not. It was <laughs> yeah. really
1: not like, I loved it. And I actually like, I love being part, you know, part of the, the men, part of the group. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it, but there was really no awareness, nothing. And I, I remember, cause you know, I moved to the States after, you know, three, four years. And I remember like all the comments on my pictures on, on Facebook, back from like 2010, 2009, 2010, we're like, you know, what did you do to your body? Or like, <laughs> what are these muscles? <laughs> like, but I, honestly, I didn't care because here already in 2010, there was more awareness. Yeah. You know, that's where we started like building up more and more awareness and fitness and, you know, and, and, you know, all those magazines, oxygen magazines, hers magazines. So I was literally reading this magazine like crazy. Yeah,
0: it's weird to me, too, like, when, you know, a female decides to, you know, put their health first as a priority, and they start, like, getting some muscle mass, and then out of nowhere, there's these, like, trolls on the internet that just feel that they need to tell you that your muscular look is not good enough, or it's too muscular, and I'm like, why do you care so much? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It's so weird.
1: I know. I feel like it's usually, like, honestly, I never had like, I rarely have women coming and telling me, like, oh, you're so big or you lost your family. It was always men, and it was always, like, those skinny men. So I feel like maybe they were jealous. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, probably.
0: Probably. So what what was the reason why you wanted to move to the States? I'm always kind of curious when it comes to, like, anyone from any other country moving to a whole other country, and it's completely different. What was kind of your driving force to move to the States? Yeah.
1: So actually, my dad was born and raised in the States. So okay. he, he his family moved to Israel when he was 13 years old. So um, yeah, so I was, you know, I grew up with an American dad. So, okay. um, uh, you know, my parents made a decision to to come to the States uh, due to numerous reasons. And I just went for it. I finished, I did nas- national service in Israel. And uh, yeah, and I remember just like, seeing that there is this degree called exercise science and I knew that I wanted to go to school. So that was like the first thing that I did, but then I had to drop out because my English wasn't good. So that wasn't <laughs> fun.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, I totally get it. Cause even when I immigrated to Canada and because I was an immigrant, they automatically placed me in something called like ESL to basically yeah. help my English right away. English is
1: a second language. Yeah, I remember yeah. It, of course. yeah.
0: And like every day I had to like learn the basics of English. Wait, but that. how
1: how old were you when you put you in the second language? Like
0: literally when I got into elementary school, like every year they just put me in automatically. There was no like assessment or anything. They just assumed Uh, that my English was terrible. They're like, yeah, just go in there. And I think (laughs) at one point they're like, I think you're good enough. Like you could just like go back to your normal classes. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, where was I going with that? Um, what state did you end up moving to? Maryland. Okay. So definitely a a difference. (laughs) Um, what was kind of the biggest like shock to you when you moved to uh, Maryland?
1: Uh let's see. I think culture wise, mm-hmm. um I guess I think I told you like Israelis are very blunt and they're very like said that they're rude, we're not rude, we're just like we're honest, you know so yeah. um yeah, like that, that you know we, we're not sugarcoating anything, we're very honest, um, definitely warm, you know, more like touchy than middle Eastern you know, if you meet someone, you give them a hug and a kiss, even if you've never met before that's very not American. Right. So I guess the culture aspect was, yeah. Like as far as like, like, you know, like personal space, you know, in Israel, there's no such thing, Um, you know, you know, the bluntness of Israelis versus American. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much the food, okay. So not culture, but the food. I remember like coming here and going to restaurants. So we're gonna talk about nutrition a little bit, yeah. So going to restaurants, and I remember like literally probably the first week that I landed here, and um, they brought the food. I don't even know what it was, but I remember just thinking to myself like, "Is this all for me? Like this is way too much food. Like probably like three, four times the amount of you know the amount of food I would get in any other you know restaurant in Israel." So um yeah, that's in terms of that, in terms of like the nutrition and um, you know, the fruits and vegetables for sure in Israel taste better. For sure. <laughs> but uh yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, my family was with me and uh and my dad has, you know, uh, um family here as well. So yeah. It wasn't an, and it was an easy uh transition, but for sure because I was very um I was very focused on school and I was very focused on you know learning as much English as I can and and you know and 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 working and all that so I really yeah I just you know dove right in so, nice.
0: so now let's fast forward you come to America you're now training as a trainer. Tell me your experience of like your first personal training client because that's always a good story
1: <laughs> Let's see the first person I don't know if she was the first. Honestly, I still train her. Don't I? Gosh. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been, oh, God. From it's been from, two, she was the end of 2009, beginning of 2000. So I have been training her for like 11, 10 years with probably a two-year break with it, two, mm-hmm. three-year break, I want to say. But, oh, my God. She was among my first uh, clients. And she came. She wasn't, you know, she wanted to tune up, lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. Um, back then, she was 50, in her 50s. And and I immediately put her on, like, load her up with weight, like, you know, single leg press machine and, you know, no testing, nothing. Just, you know, just have the best workout ever and just, you know, as, go as hardcore as I can. And she told me that she couldn't walk for two weeks. And I was like, hell yeah, you've got a great workout. And obviously, like, you know, I, I regret it. But uh, yeah, obviously, like, as a, new, as a new trainer, you always think that, you know, if your clients are sore and if you, they're fatigued after a workout and they had an amazing workout, which is clearly, um, not an indication of a good workout or an effective workout. So, yeah,
0: it's, it's funny when you like think back of like, even like two years ago and you're just like, I can't believe I used to do that. I can't believe people paid me to do that.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. The more you learn that that's so true, especially like in the fitness industry, I feel like the more you learn, the more you realize, like, yeah, that there's so many things that you didn't know that you should be doing or that you shouldn't be doing. And then, but that's a good thing. You always learn and you grow and, you know, so yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So the next thing I kind of want to chat about is like when COVID hit, how much did that impact your training business? Like what were you doing pre-COVID and how did you adapt to today's kind of reality with COVID?
1: Yeah. Um, So honestly, it did not hit at all. Quite the opposite. I'll tell you why. So the main reason is because first, I think that my clients are so amazing and they really, they, they, if I tell them to do something, they know how to do it. They know I'm very anal about, you know, nuances of any, of exercises and all that. And they know the benefit of exercising and they, Enjoy training, and they know that some of them, right? Know that if I'm not there, they're not going to do it. Period. I know as much as people want to say that, right? My goal is for them to do it on their own. But let's be honest, a lot of people, and they tell me, "Look, if you're not here, I'm not going to do it." Period. So I'd rather, you know, to spend time with you and and to improve my health and do it. And I know that I'm getting, you know, the best, and I'm doing the best for my health and my quality of life and and all that. So I think that when that hit and we realized that we can't meet in person automatically I emailed, I send the mass email to my client. I'm like, Hey, this is the situation I'm going to transition my business online. Whoever wants to, you know, continue training, I would love for you to stay. If not, I totally understand. Right. And because I basically work on based on a a 12 week contract. So I say, Hey, you can, you can basically break the contract because obviously these are not right. Ideal conditions or or the, or, or what you initially thought you would get. Um, when it comes to personal training. Um, And they all stuck, basically, they all stuck with me. So obviously, we had like a learning curve. And, you know, you have, you know, so when you train people online, you're, you know, so I know how these people work. I've trained them for a while, even if it's three months, I know how the person works, how they operate, what I need to work on and all that. So I obviously was a learning curve for me as well, but as far as, you know, doing certain exercises and show me like a side view and show me in front view and where are you feeling this and, and put the phone vertical and put the phone horizontal. So, yeah, we, we spent some time on, on, on the logistics, but at the end of the day, I think when we got back last, last year already, when we initially, you know, around like June, July, when we were able to meet in person, a lot of them didn't lose any strength. And like, oh my God, like they're all like, I can't believe I didn't lose strength. I can't believe like, you know, I managed to to build more strength. So just to show that it's all about consistency at the end of the day, you don't have to stay at a, to be at a gym as long as you stay consistent with your training. And, you know, and, and we definitely found creative ways, especially at the beginning to challenge them and to make sure the intensity is there and, uh, you know, to make sure that they continue uh, to train and, you know, and that they enjoy it. And, uh,
0: yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's interesting to see like when that initial, you know, COVID scare, when it all kind of happened and the whole world kind of shut down, which trainers and businesses like try to adapt really quickly or the ones who kind of just stayed back and kind of just watched what happened. But I felt like it kind of like filtered out, the crappy trainers, which is kind of a good thing. And then kind of kept the people that are going to be in the industry long-term that much stronger.
1: That's right. And don't forget also, because now, you know, you're able to meet your clients in Zoom. And I don't meet everyone in Zoom now, like whoever wants, I give that option. Or maybe like if someone sees me twice a week, so one in Zoom and one in person. But also because there's not that, you know, there's more flexibility with timing, you know, with drive and all that. So, you know, I had a client that was able to opt the amount of sessions we did, she's like, hey, like, you can be, I mean, you, because you don't need to drive, right, because I used to go to their houses or meet them at a gym that I rent space at, so she's like, hey, because you need, you don't need to drive to me, then you can be here, we can be here earlier, so then we can add another session or whatever, you know, so, look, it's, look, I think it's definitely, um, a great option for people that want more flexibility and um, you know, with personal training and all that. But I think that also there is, there's definitely some missing, you know, component here that, you know, people do enjoy the in-person. I have mm-hmm. a client that told me, you know what? I love training with you. She, We've been training for almost a year. She's like, but I really love it when I see you in person and, you know, and the engagement and this, it's not the same exactly.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah Cause I had a client yesterday ask like what my opinions were about like online training. And I'm like, you know, over this whole COVID thing, like when I transitioned everyone online, everyone kind of came back in person. I only have two people that stayed online because it was just easier because they had a full blown gym at home and they also work at home and that was it. Whereas everyone wanted to come back because they missed that interaction, even though like we're on Zoom right now and we're chatting, it's just it's not the same. It's not the
1: right. same. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Um Now what I wanted to kind of get into is because we were chatting about this before on Facebook, because there's a lot of stuff going on in Israel right now and there's a lot of opinions. And for me, like, I don't know enough. I'm like basic level. So maybe kind of give a background of what's going on for the people who have no idea and kind of kind of go from there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there i'm not gonna get into the conflict that you know sure. there are many resources online and you know but i'm gonna go with basically what's been happening in the past 10 days already um so the palestinian uh, authority there is the head of it is a terrorist organization called hamas in their charter if you simple google uh, uh, search it will tell you in the charter that their goal is to um, basically kill all Jews worldwide. That's literally their goal. So they were not—they were never elected by the Palestinian people. They were—they uh, uh, basically—they're uh, uh, dictators. Okay, so they. What happens is that they uh, uh, shot over, they fired over 3,000 rockets into civilians in Israel, okay, over the past 10 days, two weeks. And, uh, and the IDF, right, the Israeli uh, army um, retaliates, right? It has to because otherwise this is not going to stop. And before they... They they basically you know go and 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 bomb the Hamas headquarters. This is why the situation is so complicated because what happens is the Hamas they operate from schools, they operate from residential areas, and they operate from hospitals. So they use the Palestinians as human shields. That's the situation. So the IDF, little the most moral army in the world. We have this term called toar which basically means you call them and you say, "Hey, we're about to bomb this building. Please evacuate. We don't want civilians to get injured, to get hurt." Hamas literally forces these families to stay there because they glorify that. They think that if they die for Allah, for God, uh, they will get you know the seventy-two virgins, the whole you know the whole there. Um, and, and, and that's why they have so many casualties, because they literally use their children and women as human shields. And again, a simple Google research, you can see the head of Hamas talks about it. The head of Hamas uh, uh, perpetuates hate and murder of Jews. And the only reason why they have so many casualties compared to the Israeli side is because the Israeli side developed um, a defense system called the Iron Dome. Which basically any missiles that you know come from Gaza into Israel, it basically um, counteracts that, right Is that the right word counteracts that? Mm-hmm. So that's why we have essentially 10 casualties in Israel as opposed to 200 in Gaza. Not, and, and the main problem here that you're dealing with a terrorist organization, I know there I'm sure there are a bunch of and, and I had Palestinian friends in Israel, that's why it's so crazy to me because they're, they're, they're under a dictatorship. So if really everyone is so worried about the poor Palestinians, a lot of them really want peace and they want to coexist and they don't want this craziness of they are there, then we need to take down Hamas. We need to take down Hamas because you can't make peace with, with an organization that uses women and children as human shields and literally operates. They were given billions of dollars from many, many countries, and you know what they did? they build underground terror uh, tunnels to infiltrate into Israel and to send terrorists, uh, um, um, terrorists, you know, like terrorists with bombs. And it's insane, it's insane. So I feel like it's so easy to go and say, poor Palestinians, and I do feel for them, I really do, many Israelis, majority of Israel, even though obviously there are extremists in any side, right? No one is perfect, there are extremists in any side. But we all want to coexist we all want, like, we want a two-state solution. That, that would be the easiest thing. But when the head of the organization, when, when, the, when the Palestinian Authority, when, when the leaders are a terrorist organization, what can you do? You, you can't reason with them, right? They yeah. want you dead. And again, people like Israel has to stop. It has to stop. There are too many casualties by the But what can you do if they, if, so Israel has to stop, right? But they keep on shooting. Three thousand. Three, if Israel didn't have the Iron Dome, thousands of Jews, thousands of Israelis would be dead now. I talk to my family almost every day. Thank God, the Israeli government—they invest in bomb shelters. They invest in, in, in. They invested in the Iron Dome, billions and of dollars, and 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 it just it, it's. Israel never started it. You know, and again, I feel for the Palestinians, like, what can you do? I always ask people, like, if it was your neighborhood in the United States, in Jersey, in L.A., in New York, what would you do? You have rockets coming to you. The only reason your family is not hurt, because you have the Iron Dome. What would you do? Would you stop? Would you turn off the Iron Dome and say, you know what? Hit us. What would you do? You really, you're kind of like, there's a term in Hebrew called, like, you're falling in between the chairs. There's really not a good, right? So the only thing that the IDF can do is to say, hey, like, we're about, and there's so many um, recordings of line of Israeli um, um, IDF officials call and say in Arabic, obviously they talk, they say like, hey, listen, we're going to bomb, we're going to bomb this building. And they're so precise. So when they bomb a building, it's literally the building that in Hamas is is is, uh, is um, uh, resides in so like we're gonna bomb this building please evacuate they drop off flyers they call every family in the building say please 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 evacuate we don't want any civilian casualties but that's what happens Hamas is telling is, is literally forcing them to stay in the building so they can show this is how many Israeli Israeli just killed or or or. You know, or just, you know, they don't, they, they just don't evacuate because they want to, they want to, they want to die for God and they're willing to sacrifice their kids. At the end of the day, this is what happens every day. The people, the, 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 the they, they, they glorify death. That's what it is. They glorify death. Again, not everyone. I know not everyone, but it's just, it's such a, it's such it's just a shitty situation all around that there is no one solution. So I literally just made a post about it. I'm like, if you're all really so worried about the Palestinians and you really do care for them. So we need to go, right? All of the countries, all of everyone that, you know, uh, 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 pro-Palestinian. And again, you can be pro-Palestinian and you can be pro Israel. It's not one or, an, or another. You can be against Hamas. I, I say the, we need to free the Palestinians from the Hamas. That's for sure. And for instance, like they were just about to have an election. Literally, I want to say maybe like a week ago, and this is what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Me- meaning they didn't have an election for over 14 years. So, And y- y- you know, like living in, in Gaza from what I've seen, and you know, if you're gay, you're, be- you're gonna be uh, uh, decapitated, period. If you're a woman that you might have brought this honor to your, to, your, to your family, going to be decapitated or you're going to be so again we're talking about the only israel is the only democratic country in the middle east so so it's israel versus that other side and that other side is not a dem it's a dictatorship so israel everything that it does it does to protect its civilians period israel never said one day woke up one day said hey we're gonna bomb your building because we feel like it no it was in, they try to defend to defend their own civilians and they try to prevent them from keep on firing rockets over three thousand thousand rockets rockets into israel you know my family and friends are in bomb shelters you know every couple of hours you have to go in the middle of the night you know and and it's it's just it's insane it's it's insane and you know i just wish i just wish we could you know get rid of of the of the Hamas and put someone who has you know, has a heart and really want, really want, you know, to lead, to coexist and to have a, you know, a two-state solution that would be ideal. But again, they, there were numerous, numerous opportunities in the past and the head of the past near authority always, always said, no, 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 no.
0: So that being said, yeah, because like obviously you've oh, been on edu- here. <laughs> yeah that, that's good <laughs> that's good um, obviously you, you've been educating online with all of your Facebook posts so I'm kind of curious if like the negative um, you know replies that you got like what are the points of other people kind of going against your point because I'm kind of curious of hearing the yeah, other fine. side of everything right but um, yeah kind of share a couple you know
1: yeah so the first one is just like fuck Israel. Fuck Israel. Fuck you. Da-da-da. Or like, oh, there was one good one. Um, I guess being great coach doesn't mean being great human. Okay. Oh, God. That's what I got. But but when it comes down to the people that like, hey, but this is what I think. Okay. So for instance, one of them was like, and a lot of them has to do with the lack of education. And the lack of understanding of the history and the lack of, and the misinformation, like nowadays we live based on memes, right? Memes and da-da-da. And, and, and a lot of celebrities and influencers are perpetuating a lot of, a lot of misinformation. So for instance, uh, one would be, um, Israel is an apartheid, apartheid country basically means that Arabs don't have equal rights, right? Just like, and that's completely false. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy to me that I have to, like, say it. Like, Arabs can, Arabs basically coexist among Jews and Christians in Israel. So uh, Arabs can, Arabs go to the army. They Arab Muslims go and, and and serve in the army and are proud Israelis, right? Not everyone has to be Jewish there. They get equal rights, they they have their own uh, you know democracy in the in in the in the knesset how do you say knesset in english like to represent the arab the arab uh, people in Israel so they have their own uh, how do you call it people that represent them in the government right mm-hmm. they they are singers they are um they're in the news, they're, uh, they have, you know, their own, you know, restaurants. Basically, they're literally just like Israelis, literally the same thing. That's why it's crazy to me when they say they don't get equal rights. I'm like, and when people say it, I'm going to go to Israel. I'm like, I tell them, like, go right now to Israel. So there's this one guy, his name is Yosuf Had- Haddad, I think. He's a very loud um, Muslim Arab. He's proud Israeli. So he always talks about it. Like, he basically takes all the, all the misinformation and says, like, that's BS, that's BS, that's BS, that's BS. So again, um, so this would be like number one. And again, like I, I used to go to Jerusalem a lot. I had um, a lot of Arab friends and it was never like, you're an Arab, you're a Jew. It was not like, it's like, we're Israeli. It would never, it like, it, again, what you hear from the States, what you hear in the States compared to what really is going on in Israel, it's a whole, it's like twisting reality. Like literally that's, that's but again, we're talking about in Israel. The Palestinian authority are have are self-governing. Does that make sense? So they have their mm-hmm. own government, but the government is a terrorist organization. That's why it's so crazy. You know that it's considered a gold mine to a Palestinian to be able to move to Israel, mm-hmm. to live and work in Israel. That's a gold mine. That that's a democratic country. You can do whatever. In Israel, you know, there's gay parades, everything, right? The democratic country, you can practice whatever the hell religion you want, do whatever you want. It's not like that in the PA. That's, do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah Again, yeah. and everything that you hear online, such BS and it like it gets me so aggravated. I always say, like, if you don't believe me, go to Israel. Go and look for look, you, like, go and figure out yourself if you don't believe me. Um, they say that also Jews took the land from the poor Palestinians. Well, that's not true. Um, Jews and Arabs always lived in the area, which was ruled by many different uh, um, nations, I guess, throughout the history. But um, at the end of the day, when whenever they wanted to have, right? Because essentially Israel is, right, the, state, the land, Israel is mentioned in the Torah, the Jewish Bible over 700 times, in the Mus- in the quran right the muslims bible it mentioned zero times except for jerusalem which is mentioned as uh except for israel which is mentioned as the land of the jews mm. so literally that's the only time it's mentioned in the quran <laughs> the land of the jews so right so throughout the history there were always arabs and jews there always now this is what happened when israel was established they wanted to have like a two-state solution, right? They wanted to have, I think they wanted 80% of Israel to the Arab community and 20% to the Jewish community that was in 48, they refused. Not only did they refuse, all the Arab nations attacked Israel. There were many, many wars along the years. But at the end of the day, every time where there was a peace offering, they never took it. Even if it means, again, 80% of the Arab uh, population, even though they have how many countries? all over Israel, around Israel, how many aids surrounding Israel? Mm-hmm. How many worldwide? They refused. And then not only that, not only that refused, right, that attacked Israel. Um, so yeah, so every time there was any kind of effort done, and not only that, in 2006, I remember, because um, that was a little bit before, after we left. Yeah, so we gave the whole Gaza Strip, so the whole Gaza Strip was given right to the Palestinian Authority, hoping that it will bring some peace. But no, it didn't. So again, I feel like it's such a—it's one. On one hand, it's a complex situation. On the other hand, it's not because I do feel for the Palestinian people, hundred percent. Do we? Do, do, do I? Do Do Israelis wish their death? No, of course not. But again, when you have no one to talk to, and the way that I explain it to people that I talk to, and especially the people who are not Israelis, you know, not Jews, don't really understand anything about it. Like my clients, for instance, right? They don't know what's going on. So I tell them, like, imagine it's like ISIS to control over the United States, right? And they control it. That, that's it. You, you're not do anything. You have to cover your hair as a woman. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, dress modest. Like, imagine that. This, this is what's going on there. So can anyone talk to them? No, you can't. They, they want death. They want to see blood. They think in their charter, in the Hamas charter, it says at the end of the days, every rock and tree will tell you, son of God or son of Muhammad, come to me, there is a Jew behind me, come and kill them. That's in the charter. So that's what you're dealing with. Yes. But again, as I said it a million times before, not all Palestinians think that. So the people that are there, not everyone thinks that, but it's the people that control those locations, the Gaza and the West Bank, that's the problem. So then what can you do? Really, what can you do? I always ask people, like, if you're in Israel, if you were the Israeli government, again, they're not perfect, 100%. No one is perfect, right? But what would you do? If it was your family, 3,000 rockets are being shot towards your family, only reason they're not dead because you have something that protecting you the iron dome that your country developed over the years because this is the situation it's been going on for years what would you do
0: yeah it's it's a tough situation because i even remember um i think it was in the 60s they wanted to conduct research to figure out why so many people followed hitler and just blindly just did every command that the nazi regime wanted to do And they took a bunch of people in a test lab and the, you know, controller of the experiment just told the participant to press a button. And if the person said like, Oh, why am I pressing the button? It's like, it's for the experiment. That's all they, all they said. And you know, they would press the button and then a veil would open up with another person in front of them. And every time they press a button, it sent an electrical shock to another person. So they constantly had to press it. And like to a point where the person's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm hurting the person that's like, it's for the experiment. And I think it was like up to 80% people kept following the order to shock the other person in front. And I think it was maybe six years ago, they recreated that experiment to see like, oh, the sixties was a lot, like a long time ago. People's like moral ethics are probably better now. Same Mm. result, same result. So it's crazy because like, you know, any kind of dictator in any country that decides to rise up above and present whatever ideals that they have it's gonna happen over and over and over again and it's just a really really tough situation
1: it's it's terrible and right now you know what because there's so again there's so much hatred online and like i said it's like the cool thing to hate on israel now mm-hmm. um especially you know a lot of celebrities and and influence and influencers um, there is a, a wave of um, anti-Semitic um, attacks on Jews now, like in LA, and I mm-hmm. get messages from people, from colleagues, from friends all the time. Hey, I live in LA. You know, this is the situation in New York, in Canada, um, in uh, in Italy. They had a whole like oh, uh, hundreds of people cheering "Hell Hitler." It's <laughs> insane and you're like thinking about it like like you know this is our time to like not be quiet and you know and really be loud about it and you know and and this is scary because again like now we we, we have social media and social media is so powerful so when you have like celebrities that have over 50,000, 50,000, 50 million followers israel is only like seven eight million israelis right christian muslim whatever, right israelis are all, only um has only population of eight eight million people there so we're talking about celebrities with over 50 million followers and they post all these memes and 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 pictures and this without even context or understanding or ever or ever setting a foot in israel to see how things are there that's why it's so 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 toxic and it's really and and, and, and it's scary and it's scary. And like you, you see these videos of, right? I think it was in London that people were like, fuck the Jews, rape their daughter, or something like that, along these lines. And it's scary. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's scary and, and it's a shame. And, you know, and I, I, you know what? I'm honestly, I'm so grateful that, you know, the platform, I don't have a huge platform, but the people that do follow me, um online i really and obviously i got some not so nice messages but a lot of them i I made a post yesterday in the story and i'm like hey listen this is a situation like i would like i i appreciate your support i appreciate your engagement in my dms but honestly i cannot keep on posting fitness content when this is going on in my homeland and i'm going to use my platform for the time being you know to get as much awareness and education you know on the situation and you know and i hope you know, you engage with me and all that. And it's been like really good, honestly. Like I've noticed I haven't, you know, lost followers or anything like that. And, you know, I do appreciate it because they think that, you know, as much as I'm passionate about, you know, fitness and using my platform from education, there are also things, you know, in the world, like, especially because, you know, I'm originally from Israel that I need to, you know, use my voice and use my platform, you know, to bring you know, to educate people, just like I do with fitness, same thing here. Um, yeah, but it's, it, it hasn't been, you know, it's been tough, tough, almost two weeks. But, okay. but I'm going to go to Israel soon, so I'm excited. <laughs> In seven weeks, let's hope that nice. this is, uh, it, will, it will end by then with the uh, minimum casualties on both sides.
0: Yeah. So now to kind of turn the tables to make this more positive. Yeah, let's go, (laughs) let's go. If uh, someone was to travel to Israel, what should they see? What should they do? What should they eat?
1: God, okay, fine. (laughs) I haven't been there in eight years, so I'm a bad Israeli. (laughs) I was so, uh, yeah, so um, I would say go for sure to Tel Aviv. It's like a melting pot of different kinds of people from you know, all over the world. Tel Aviv and Jerusalem are amazing. So Tel Aviv, uh, Jerusalem, as far as like uh, culture and history, um, uh, I would say definitely go to the uh, Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is amazing. Um, Honestly, all over Israel, Israel is is beautiful. And again, it's like, it's literally like a melting pot. You find people from all over the world, different types of people and you need to go to the shuk the market the market is amazing you have all these you know different spices and because you know because jews right were essentially from all over the world after they you know they were dispersed originally from you know from the land of israel according you know from history um so we have like for instance like i'm I, my mom is Moroccan, so I have, I, right, I'm a Moroccan Jew, and my dad is American, but his family is originally from Russia and Poland and Germany. So, you know, the, the foods there are so, um, you know, you find, literally you find, them, you find foods from all over the world there. So it's, it's amazing. And, and and again, it's like the most, it's, it's extremely, there's freedom of everything there. Like, really, freedom of everything. And you can do, you can dress however you want. You can, you know, do, uh, uh, support whoever you want. Uh, um, it's really, I would say that Tel Aviv is like, it's like a, it's like a mini New York. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, and it's beautiful on the beaches. there are beautiful. People are beautiful. Food is great. Um, you know, very uh, accepting people. Very blunt, can be rude. Um, <laughs> We'll honk at you a lot of times. <laughs> Don't have patience, but uh, very, very warm. Very warm people. And yeah, Israel, it is, it's beautiful. And yeah, I just hope we can live in peace there with awesome. the neighbors.
0: <laughs> um, So very last question. If people wanted to find out more about you, where can they find you online and any upcoming projects or anything else you want to promote on my show you can right now
1: thank you um, so yeah so my website is SivanFaganFitness.com I'm very active on Facebook um, Sivan Fagan or, or my page Strong with Sivan um, also on Instagram uh, I think it is yeah it's either Strong with Sivan or Sivan Fagan Fitness either way you, you'll find it um, a lot of my workouts every week we have a workout on Self Magazine um, a lot of good articles are in bodybuilding.com, anything that has to do with you know building muscle, losing fat, mindset stuff, um, any upcoming projects. Um, I constantly write articles. I've been on a, on a little break recently because uh, I was moving and all that, but I really do wanna have, um, I am creating. So I'm creating a program, that will specifically target women and strengthening at home. So I've been working on it, and a little bit of the nutrition mindset uh, when it comes down, you know, to losing weight, but also keeping it off. Um, so I've been working on that too. But again, like I'm very, very active. Um, I answer. I, I like to interact with people. Um, I never ignore any comments or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I just try to bring you know as much value as I can.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.